Hi, my name is Sean. This is my friend Chris Ford, aka The Objective Geek, on YouTube and Twitter. And welcome to Avatar The Last Hola. Podcasters. Sometimes I forget to like even say the name of our podcast in the podcast. I don't know why that seems important, but it does seem important. It's probably not really that important. I imagine if people are here, they can see the name everywhere else. But this is Avatar The Last Podcasters. This week we are looking at Book 3, Fire, Episode 6, which is called The Avatar and the Fire Lord. It is a very interesting episode. I'm extremely interested to hear the similarities and differences in our opinions, as I have a feeling there will be some. But before we get to that, like always, Chris, how are you doing? How was your week? I am doing fairly good. Fairly great. Week's been whatever. You know, it's been a normal week. Um, but today, as I told you before we went on, I got really jazzed up. Uh, the first couple images of Robert Pattinson as Batman has hit the interwebs and I uh, reacted accordingly. I think I tweeted out Nerdgasm <laughs> Achieved, which that was the toned down um, <laughs> sentence that I wanted to say. Um, it was like the family but, friendly. Uh, hey, but this podcast isn't family friendly. It's not for kids, exactly. damn it. So say whatever you want. <laughs> I think say damn and things now. I was reading a why I was I was reading a, a Superman Smashes the Clan book to my daughter, which interesting enough actually is connected to Avatar. The writer of that, uh, Jin Luen Yang, and the artist of that, uh, I can't pronounce her name, Garura, or his name, um, also did a lot of the Avatar comics, like the search, pretty much the search, all the uh, pretty much the promise all the way to Smoke and Shadow. Uh, they did it. Uh, Jin Luang wrote it in. I can't pronounce the name. I uh, did the art for it. And they also did together, did uh, this new comic book called Superman Smashes the Clan. It's a really interesting book. Um, it's actually is a adaption of the 1940s radio series. Like Superman had a radio show, you know, That's like awesome. back in the days when he used to do stuff like that. Oh, that's uh, killer. And one of those stories was Superman going up against the clan, saving this like Chinese family or something. And this is an adaption of that. Uh, reason why I brought that up, Alkinets to the other Alkinets to uh, things. <laughs> anyway, in it, uh, someone says hell. And I was reading to my daughter and I didn't even say hell. And I was like, this is E for everyone. And I mean, it is, but I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't like saying not hell as in the place, but like, get the hell out of here. Right, right. Like, I don't even talk like that. I don't use that foul language. <laughs> Unless I'm, <laughs> unless you're really uh, unless, angry, yeah. Which is you know, if I miss a layup in basketball, that's the time I curse the most. I, uh, but, oh, I'm sorry, I interrupted. Go ahead. Uh, uh, I was like, but anyway, week's going good. Uh, I really enjoyed, really like the new image of Robert Pattinson as Batman. I really love the bat suit. Um, a lot of people say that his, a lot of people are theorizing that the symbol on the bat suit looks different like it doesn't have the ears on there and it looks like it's made of metal people have theorized that part of that metal is um the gun that joe chill used to shoot his parents and he has it on there which that only happened once in a comic book in detective 1000 which i actually have over here on my drawer i have a bunch of comic books on my drawer that i've read um kevin smith actually originated that but i'm not sure that could just be people theorizing things but I'm not too sure how I like the mask. Also, they didn't show the whole mask, but it looks it looks okay. 
Um, but the music, the score on it, which is going to be used in the film, and is the original score, looks it, it feels and, and sounds so like daunting. Sounds so Batman. So I'm excited for that. I can still remember when you showed me the the first Batfleck images, and I like I think like uh, I'll say a majority of fans, as in greater than fifty percent. Uh, don't mind Ben Affleck specifically as Batman. I don't just don't happen to not like I the think, movies that he was I, Batman in. Uh, I think probably seventy five percent like him. Like he him as Batman, right? He, he yes. himself is a good Batman. It's just a product of the less popular movies, uh, regardless of people's opinions. Just lower performing movies. So uh, yeah. I remember being pretty excited about the original images you showed us of, of Ben Affleck. Uh, but then later, I think you showed the image of the kryptonite suit. I was a little less excited by the idea of, like, Iron Man Batman. <laughs> a little strange, but um, I, haven't seen the, I haven't seen the Robert Pattinson images. I will have to go check those out. And, then, and as we said before the show, I will try my best to pretend uh, that he can act like a good martial artist even though it'll be somebody else, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and as we speak of movies that underperformed or underdelivered in some capacity oh, or another, yeah. my, most recent, my most recent uh, review out is of uh, Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. I have my review out for that. Uh, I pretty much I say it's the worst DCEU movie that's ever come out, which is... A big statement, but also I like all the DCEU movies. So you take the good, you take the bad, something, something, there you have the fats of life. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually know um, that more from Peter Griffin saying it in Family Guy than I do from the actual show. I know it more from Scrubs. So in Scrubs, uh, do, you know, do you ever watch Scrubs? Just a little bit. I've probably yeah. seen okay. a third been, of the show total. I've been I've been watching it a lot lately. There's a lawyer in on the show named Ted, and he's like, a, he's like just a, a, the lowest person. Like he's like a ant, right? And everyone just walks all over him. And he's a terrible lawyer for the hospital. And so so when any time like a there's like a malpractice suit, he loses the case. <laughs> but um. But he has this band, this acapella band called the Worthless Peons, and they sing. In one episode, they just sing a bunch of theme songs to shows, uh, which they sing the Fats of Life at one point in, in acapella. Uh, interesting enough, I saw them live, and it was the greatest concert. I went to Grand really? I've only been to two concerts. That's kind but, of impressive. And I got their, got their autograph on my scrubs. I think it's season eight. Me and my friend took pictures with for some reason with our shirts up, and they had their shirts up too. Cause my oh, cause my friend wanted them to sign his stomach. Uh, I'm sure it's not signed anymore, but no, he never washed this patch right here. Yeah. Oh gosh. Okay, back to uh, Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Anyway, my review's out. Actually, I kind of it's a some it's not that negative review, but um, I had a lot of issues with it. But also, it's a very unique movie. Like I kind of want to go see it again. Strangely enough. Also, I have a free movie pass, so I might as well go see it again. But this weekend, I've seen two movies. I'm going to see The Photograph with my wife for Valentine's Day, and then I'm taking my daughter to go see Sonic the Hedgehog. So 
Oh, don't support that movie, Chris. No, I'm just kidding. Do what Why? you want. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, I... Okay, I, I mean, I love Jim Carrey. Um, and even in the stuff that he's in that's bad, I always feel like he kind of gives it his all. He's just one of those guys I, I tend to like. Um, but I'm not a fan of this Sonic the Hedgehog movie, how it looks like it's going to be. But I know I'm judging ahead of time. I haven't seen it. But I probably won't see it until I can watch it for free. <laughs> It'll just be to support Jim Carrey. I'm going to use your comments as a segue into my week. because uh, So at any given time, there are like three shows that cycle for me. It's whatever sport is on. So currently it's basketball. And then whatever I'm watching with my wife, which currently is community. And then there's a third show that is got to be, it has to be something mindless. Like I can play it while I'm doing video games or whatever else. And it's supposed to be static shock. But for some reason I got like a wild hair the other day and I just started rewatching all of Digimon. (laughs) So this week I'm a little ashamed this week. I've probably watched 40 episodes of Digimon in like five days and it's, no commercials or anything, so it's like 18-minute chunks of time. But I've also been playing a lot of Wii Sports at the same time, and I don't know why this happened or how it happened, but it's been a really odd week. And I'm trying to think of anything interesting I did this week at all, and I didn't. I just played Wii Sports and watched Digimon, and it was weird, but still fun. I'm not going to lie. I'm not ashamed. It was weird, but I'm not ashamed. Uh, otherwise, nothing interesting about my week other than this podcast right here, which is the most interesting part of my week and especially the next piece of news i'm going to segue into the next piece of news which i'm very interested to hear your take in and that is about netflix and viacom yes so this isn't really news this is me more so uh theorizing on things but the viacom part is is news in itself kind of right it's yes yes it is it's it is valid news so viacom who is a terrible corporate entity um, who always likes to come down on (laughs) they always come down on like content creators they're not alone we're not singling out viacom they're not the only ones that do this they're just very large and it directly impacts what we do Uh, they're like, you play more than 10 seconds of something, take it down. Yeah, we don't get flagged for um, the theme song, but remember we used to have, like, the very first episode, we tried to have the video in there, and I don't know if it's because it was, like, a minute long or if it was because of the video, but they flagged that, yeah. but they don't flag the beginning or the end theme song, so I I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they like us. I don't know. Okay, so Viacom, which owns a whole bunch of different things. They own Nickelodeon, uh, MTV, BET, a bunch of other things. So they have recently merged with CBS. Uh, they actually used to be part of each other, and then they broke up, and then they remerged because you know, just this is the day and age that a lot of companies are just merging up uh, with each other. So that wasn't that big of news. But even like a couple months ago, when they merged, I was like, hmm, they're eventually gonna have a streaming service. Uh, CBS already has a streaming service of CBS Online. CBS. It's some kind of subscription service. CBS All Access. Yes, Yes. that's what it's called. CBS All Access. And, you know, because everybody wants to put their content on their own streaming service. But then, you know, I started thinking, like, all right, well, what would they put on there? They'll put on, like, Nickelodeon shows and everything like that. But then Nickelodeon and Netflix, pretty much after um, Disney Plus went ahead with their things, I think to counteract that, Nickelodeon and Netflix signed a deal. They're going to have a multi-year deal to put their animated shows on there, and they're going to do 
um, they're going to do uh, uh, brand new animated shows and stuff. So then my, my kind of concerns went away. So now what I'm concerned about is if the Netflix Avatar show is actually going to happen, which I think it, I think no matter what, a live action Avatar will happen no matter what. Now, the recent news that's come up is that according to Hollywood Reporter and plenty of other sites, um, Viacom and CBS are now looking at building a whole streaming service. So it says, uh, Viacom CBS led by CEO Bob Bakish is planning an expansion of CBS All Access, the streamer that launched in 2014 that would encompass brands like Comedy Central, Paramount Network, BT, MTV, and CBS News, among other offerings. Okay, so to bring all this together, the reason why I'm concerned about the Avatar Netflix show is that because Viacom has announced that they and CBS will be offering their own streaming service. So in it, in, their, uh, in the report by Hollywood Reporter, it says Viacom CBS, led by CEO Bob Backish, is planning an expansion of CBS All Access, the streamer that launched in 2014 that would encompass brands like Comedy Central, Paramount Network, BET, MTV, CBS News, among other offerings. All Access has been led by original programming from the Star Trek franchise, including Discovery and Picard series, as well as scripted dramas like The Good Fight and a reboot of Twilight Zone. Um, <clears throat> so in my head, right, if I'm CBS Viacom and I want to have like the best IP to put on our streaming service, one of those best IPs would be Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, now, granted, they already have a deal with Netflix to do this show, but I mean, I'm just thinking, like, what has taken so long to get all this news? Like, to me, it shouldn't take Brian and Mike this much time, because one thing, they already have a very good blueprint, so it shouldn't take this much time to really get the ball rolling. So, again, I'm speculating here, and I hope I'm wrong, <laughs> but, you know, maybe there are higher-ups that are kind of, you know, holding them back a little bit, because there might be some things in the air. Now, granted, regardless if any of this happens or if all of it happens, I do think we're going to get a live-action Avatar series. Um, and in a way, I, I still think we're going to get a live-action Avatar series on Netflix. Now, what comes after that? I like if they do if, if they ever do Legend of Korra. I can see Legend of Korra not going to Netflix. I can see it going to the CBS streaming service because then they'll kind of be completely detached from another, and they can you know, start up different production and everything. Because once something is on Netflix, it seems to be really hard to take it off of that and put it on another streaming service. I and mean, we see that with the Netflix Marvel original shows. None of those are on Disney Plus because Netflix put in production money to do those things. They have rights to that. Marvel can't, and Disney just can't take it, put Star it on their Wars thing. Like Netflix produced those things. Uh, Star Wars Episode Eight just popped up on on Disney Plus recently, so that's been a big one for a while. Yeah, yeah, like in those things, like once like once those things run their course, they can easily move over to Disney Plus because Netflix didn't produce that stuff. Um, so, I think even if, long story short, to sum it all up, even if we don't get a Netflix series of Avatar Last Airbender, we will eventually get a live action series. Um, and I kind of 
don't see Legend of Korra. I, I I envision that we'll eventually get to live action Legend of Korra or live action Kyoshi or some other some other Avatar stories. But I kind of feel like we're now just going to uh, those have to wait to be put on to the uh, the stream service. Actually, they could probably run you know simultaneously at the same time if if it was really that's uh, oh Brian Mike wouldn't want to do that though, and they're they like to be hands on with their stuff. But uh, I think, uh, and I then onto the, and then uh, and then you know people might bring up the the Nickelodeon uh, Netflix deal, which is a multi year deal, but that deal really is just for animation, and like in it in their reports, you know they only talk about Nickelodeon's animation studio and creating uh, new IPs and creating new films and and television series, but all of it they say. Uh, animated. So, like, one of the things is multi-year output deal to produce original animated feature films and television series. And so, I don't think it has anything to do with uh, live-action things. Because honestly, Netflix has. I don't think they need you know live-action <laughs> offerings. So from uh, from Nickelodeon, that is. But. Yeah, I don't know if anybody needs live-action stuff from Nickelodeon. Too bad. No offense. Are you afraid of the dark? Uh, the <laughs> three, uh, just three quick points, and the number one is probably the big one is that the concern really is just over whether or not it necessarily appears on Netflix. Not that it happens. I think the idea has gained enough momentum that it does absolutely happen one way or the other. Two, I'm so sick of streaming services. I'm so tired of them already. Chris, I don't even own like any of them, which you're well aware is I steal most of yours, and I'm just already absolutely sick of them. Sometimes I watch Blu-rays and DVDs or I stream stuff from shady websites just to stand alone in solidarity. And then three, uh, fun fact, not that I don't think that CBS and Viacom, it doesn't seem to me like they have the properties to, to have like a real engaging yeah. looking streaming service. Uh, but at least there are some in- interesting ones there for like our age group of people, the, the age group of people buying these services like... I know people would would buy it to watch like Comedy Central and MTV in particular. Uh, I put Rate My Professor on there just because I thought that was funny. I didn't know that. And then CBS Interactive also owns, um, I'm going to mess it up here, but it's like GameSpot.com and GameFacts.com and a couple of those like major gaming and I guess nerdy or geeky industry websites as well that all kind of produce their own internet shows that are like fairly high production value, but it doesn't add up to like a consistent package in, in my mind, quite like Disney does or, or what Netflix, like if Netflix tried to just come in and start today or Hulu, we'd be like, that's messed up. That ain't going to work. But they, you know, they've been around for a while, so they've got a head start. So I don't know that mm-hmm. I, I, I hope it doesn't happen just cause I don't need one more, but that's just me being stubborn. Yeah, I'll, I'll I mean find the thing is, I mean, I, I I agree with you that they don't have enough offerings compared to even HBO Max because HBO Max really has like way more than I thought they had. And you know, they HBO have, like, Max though Network. too, very focused. HBO Max has a big audience that knows exactly who it is, and HBO knows exactly yes. who it is. It's very exclusive yes. content. That's important. They've got a defined group of people. Hmm. I don't yeah, think anybody's definitely. gonna buy and also, CBS gonna have, to watch they're gonna the have Amazing more Race. Game of Thrones uh, series anyway. Um, but like, 
I do think that this um, streaming service could compete with, like, say, Amazon Prime, because I really don't watch that much stuff on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime really has, like, four shows that I think people actually talk about. I use it to watch um, football, and then sometimes it'll recommend, like, a random, like, a video game documentary is one I watched recently. So every once in a while, something random will pop up on there that I will watch. And then Thursday Night Football, it was kind of convenient to watch that on there. But at least that's yeah. one of those things. They can produce that, and it probably, I don't know, it doesn't seem like they're going to lose much. Um, and they have kind of all their services of, like, gaming and streaming all wrapped together. So even if they're losing a little money just to stay in that market, maybe it's worth it to them. I've, but I definitely use that one the least. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do think uh, the stream service is, is can compete with like apple tv and then nbc universal has a peacock i don't that sounds like trash honestly yeah, um i guess you can watch uh but a lot of that is that one paid or is that one free though the nah, they... that's that's gonna be that's gonna cost money too so i feel like right now you can and get a lot of nbc think... content free but maybe nah maybe yeah. i'm thinking of that cw app we talked about a couple weeks ago the <laughs> not the cw app but the other one the seed cw seed the yeah seed random offerings on there very random and it cycles i don't know if it cycles weekly or if i just hit like two week period where it cycled that week but there's a big turnover <laughs> yeah uh speaking of hey, apple man, that's our... like, oh i'm sorry oh, no i just it's just another tangent oh. but i saw like apple's gaming service and that's another thing that's like when are people going to get tired of like these ten dollar caliber downloadable or or streaming service games full streaming services full of like low tier caliber games like i'm glad that triple a gaming isn't quite what it used to be because i always thought that was excessive in the heyday of like the ps3 and xbox 360 but i'm about ready for game streaming services to die already while they're at it (laughs) different topic for a different day i'm just gonna keep playing wii sports that wii is gonna work forever and that's just what I'm gonna do. <laughs> well, either way, we're no no cause for concern that a show will happen. Just a matter of maybe where we'll watch it. And even then, I don't know how much concern that is either. So one way or the other, we're yeah. gonna watch that show, and we're gonna get that show. I mean, I do think. I mean, they're kind of things they haven't gotten to heavy in production yet. To me, like they're they're so on just on the fence of like diving deep into production um, that they probably could cancel anytime like it, i wouldn't be surprised just say i wouldn't be surprised if if the deal was pulled i don't want it to happen because i'd, I'd want avatar to reach as many people as it can and netflix Wait, is going to provide to that yeah yeah uh yeah I, maybe there they could be a timing thing you know if they knew this deal was in the works like hey uh, we know we're gonna do this avatar show but we're thinking about breaking off so we need to time it out in a certain way where if we had to cut the cord, there'd be a, a sort of less sunk cost or or something like that. Yeah. Kind of a worst case scenario. Yeah. But I would assume that type of thing happens, but I have no television industry knowledge to speak from. Anyway, uh, well, let's go ahead and segue into our regular non-live action episode of Avatar The Last Airbender, which is called Avatar and the Fire Lord. Very... Uh, I don't know what else. It's a very interesting episode. That's all I know what to call it. Very interesting episode. Like I remember seeing before watching this episode. I remember seeing the the uh, titles for the episodes before they actually came on, 
Uh, and I remember seeing Al trying to fire Lord. And immediately my head did not go to flashback. It went to Angus wanting to confront the fire Lord. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> wait, hold right on now. a second. Uh, so that that alone really um, made this made this episode interesting to me when the first time I watched it because they go just they just open up on Aang and I was very confused I'm like Aang's sleeping now he's gonna meet the Fire Lord right now um, but it would just kind of create a great turning my expectations on his head that no this is a flashback episode of Roku and Sozin because they are the Avatar and the Fire Lord that are uh, very instrumental in everything that has happened. The, I remember the first time I saw it, I was old enough, uh, you know, in college, I believe, that we already, like, knew that at some point Zuko was going to turn into a not-bad guy, uh, but there's something about mm. this episode that kind of hooked me up, like, oh, like, him and Aang have a pretty serious link in a weird way going on here, um, and so maybe the first time that, like, manifested itself in the show in any other way than that Blue Spirit episode, I guess, or the little tease yeah. at the end of season two. So this episode opens up Roku visiting Aang in a dream, saying it's time he learned about his past. If you want to pretty much save the future, all this stuff, see how the war actually began. It opened up with Zuko also learning the story at the same time, getting some message from some random person saying if you want to know um, the real the demise of your great grandfather, which I love how it's worded, is the writing in this episode is really really good um just so much like subtle nods and it, it does such a great job of just taking those expectations that you have going in and just turn them on them head and uh, turn them on its head um so zuko goes down to the dragon comb dragon bone catacombs <laughs> and uh visits uh the tomb of fire lord sozin and reads his last will and testament and uh, an Ang goes with Roku to go uh, go down trip down memory lane. And yeah, he says, with with Zuko, uh, what it what, somehow Iroh like tipping him off to go to go down there. Uh, I'm yeah I'm forgetting Iroh, that very Iroh, first part. Of pretty much Iroh happened. sends Iroh sends a random person to go leave a message with Zuko. That's pretty much how it is. Like Iroh's still in prison. He hasn't escaped and then he's talking to azula and azula asks or he asks azula yes. how grandfather died or something like that okay I, yeah and then, it's like and then, missing a piece there in the front of that episode yeah yeah. Uh, yeah zuko questions it he asks azula she's like he died in sleep did you read your history books you know things like that um <laughs> but that's just you know really Interesting stuff. She she has a chance there to make a quick dig at Zuko. Like, oh, if you go now, the royal painter would uh will paint you. Make sure he gets your good side. Like, jeez, she <laughs> but is <I'm> such. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Zula. The more you go rewatch, bitch side. This... <laughs> Shut up, Azula. I think doing this. I think this podcast and doing this rewatch of of Avatar, really looking deep into it. And this other video I have coming up uh, next week makes me appreciate Azula way more this time around for some reason. In this episode in particular, I just I have really high hopes for her character after the show. Um, that I really hope they give her a good redemption arc, which we'll get into uh, I think at the end of this episode about you know kind of what uh, what I may be alluding to. Uh, this one certainly uh, starts uh, 
I'm probably just repeating what you said, but in way worse words, but start to appreciate her as definitely the more interesting fleshed out villain uh, that's going to be left standing at the end, I guess. No offense to yeah. Ozai, who we've seen like twice. Yeah. So they, so Aang, oh, another thing I wanted to mention, you know, Roku says, I'm going to go visit my, my past life, our past lives. For some reason, I feel like people don't understand that Aang is, like Aang and Roku are like the same spirit, right? They're the same embodiment of, of this one spirit, right? They, that is Aang's past life. Because um, some people, and I can understand some of the misconceptions of this because Roku is kind of a different spirit and all the other avatars. Uh, I think I explained this to you before. Yeah, we've, but... we've, yeah, we've talked about this before. Actually, <laughs> now I think about it. Um, but like these are Aang's past lives. Like that's how uh, it kind of. I don't want to speak too much about it because I don't understand the religion aspect of it as much. And I'm not going to sit here and act like I do. But that's how it works in I think in in Hindu or in Buddhism and Buddhism. You know, like that is your soul going from life to life. Um, and you can only, in order to escape this kind of cycle, you got to reach Nirvana, which is a theory that I have on Iroh, that Iroh was able to break this cycle and become a spirit. But that's a theory for... <laughs> you know what? That's anyway, one of those things that episode. they probably didn't care that the... I doubt the creators cared to, like... Get into the details of, like, this is, yeah. this is exactly how this is. You don't want to start scratching the surface on that too. You want to get just enough to make it feel right and feel at home, and it and it does. Yeah. Unlike the unlike yeah. the random spirit in the movie. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, okay, so they uh, go back. They look at the. Uh, they flash back to Roku and Sozin at like about sixteen. They're best buds, right? Which again, it's turning your expectations on its head. Or you didn't expect these people to be best friends. And but they were, and they fight. But it's a, it's a nice little spar. And then eventually, they have like their birthday parties because they're both born on the same day, which is really interesting. It's something that's so like, in a way, Sozin was so close to becoming the Avatar. Like that's his motive. He... <laughs> it should have been yeah. like. Like and there's been in the past avatars who have been the Fire Lord. Um, if you look in in the picture, and um, it's a picture from Legend of Korra season finale of book one of all the past avatars. If you zoom in, there's one in the background with the Fire Lord uh, crown. So like, how does that story develop? Is that the random that's... unnamed avatar? The random unnamed. Uh, that's not. No, that's not uh, the firebending one that we called Rozukin. That's Rozukin, what other people yeah, call. I'm glad you remembered his name. <laughs> I was really proud of that. Yeah, that's a good name. That other people call Jafar, which I think is so uh, uninspiring. It is, and, and it's <laughs> kind of harsh. He could have been a really good guy. It's basically yeah. stereotyping what those people are doing. It's completely stereotyping. Gosh, guys who wear tall hats are apparently called Jafar. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> <laughs> Those are Haddis people, is so, what I call them. So I, I just finished the the episode where uh, of Community where Pierce is is thinking about open opening a, a sandwich shop with Shirley, 
And he's like, should yeah. I have my people call your people? I mean, not you people, but your people. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> and that's uh, the one where Abed and Troy try to act normal just for 24 hours at Shirley's wedding. And I, I, I really loved it. It's been one of my more interesting uh, episodes mm-hmm. of this season. Sorry, tangent. Just fit right in. Uh, well, yeah, it's okay to go off. Um, but yeah, so it was really interesting is like Sozin, you know, became... Avatar. I mean, he wouldn't be Sozin, right? He would be, in a way, like Roku, but just the fire. It's all slightly complicated. Right, right. But they're born the same day, which is which calls into question destiny and all that thing. So that's really interesting stuff. Um, but I just love the scene of, right, they're at the birthday party. They're uh, coming down steps and everything. And uh, and the fire stages come around and and Sozin is like, something happened to my father? And he's like, no, we're here to announce the Avatar. Like, one thing, I love seeing announcements of Avatars. It's, which this is the only one we've actually seen. It's That's the only official. Anyway. I mean, we've, we've seen, yeah. uh, like, revelations. But, like, a big announcement. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Like, and it, it, he reached up to age 16. Um, <laughs> yeah, most Avatars apparently don't do that. Or it's weird, <laughs> the ones we've seen. Anyway, he says... Uh, we're here to serve you, Avatar Roku, and everybody bows, and even Sozin bows, which is it's kind really of like, interesting. Like, yeah. to, to get in his head of like, I'm the, I'm the Fire Prince, and I'm bowing to the Avatar. Like, should I even be doing that? Um, and, it, and it plays to me, it plays back later. Um, and the more I think about this episode, the more I really like it. Um, but the thing that, so I'm gonna bring up the movie. Right, there's a couple wow, of good we things. Having such good episodes until you brought I brought it I up already. Know. It's fine. It's your turn. Yeah, sure you did. But there are a couple of just nuggets of smidges of some good ideas in the movie. Um, the one I did <laughs> so deliberate one... in your compliments. <laughs> the one I did like is that. You know, Aang running away from his responsibilities, everyone bowing to him. He's not able to take that. He runs away. Granted, the idea of him running away because they were taking him, going to take him away from Gyatsu is way more powerful than him running away just because of responsibilities. Um, and also because the lie that, you know, oh, he can't have a family, all that stuff, which that's not canon. That's not real. Nonsense. Um, really, that's more of an airbender thing that you can't have a family, not an avatar thing. But, uh, but um, but I do like that scene of of them all bowing to him, and he's not being able to bow back, um, you know. And then at the end of it, he's able to sort of bow back to everybody else. This reminded me of that, and I do think it's a it's a good out of context. That's a good scene in context here with the show. That's a good scene. I can I can get on board with that. It's like the best yeah. piece of storytelling that movie has to offer. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then and then pretty much, um, you know, Roku, Roku and Sozin has a pretty good like heart to heart, right? And and uh, and Sozin gives him his his crown, which is really cool. And also, you've always kind of wondered, like, why does Roku have a crown like that? Um, and it gets played back again later in this episode. So again, they, you know, they explain things, right? That that you didn't imagine would be the case. So really enjoyed that. 
Um, I have a feeling though that that's not that wasn't thought of before. I'm sure when they first designed Roku, they're like, oh, we should just give him a crown. <laughs> and then when they got to yeah. writing this episode, it's like, oh, it should be his crown, which is fine. You know, that's how you know happy accidents happen yeah. all the time. And that's how and, creativity and works. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So then Roku goes and he trains to be the Avatar, trains for 12 years, which apparently that's how long it it probably should take a person to travel the world and become the Avatar. I mean, which, so this is an interesting point, I think. Right. So Roku went 12 years, traveled the world, learned the other four elements, learned cultures and different ways of everything. And this epiphany hit me today that like that is part of being the avatar just as much as being like the bridge between the spirit world and the physical world, like traveling all across the world and learning about all these, make you empathize with them more, make you appreciate them and understand their cultures to where you want to protect them. Like that is vital to being the avatar and, um, and, Aang didn't get that. He was going to get that. Cora uh, never got that, even though she could have gotten that when she was trained. Like she was trained just in the South Pole. Like they would bring teachers in for her to train from. Like how much better it would have been for her to go out into the world and and train and learn those cultures and get a greater appreciation for it. So maybe that sort of explains, you know, Cora's, uh, you know, eagerness and the stuff. She, you know, she. There's like some she underlying sexism in there. It's like, no, she's a girl. We can't let her out. She got to stay here. No, I don't think it was sexism. It was, nah, to me, it was, it was oh, okay. <laughs> uh, it was mostly driven from that. The reasoning, I think, is driven from that the White Lotus was so protective of, of her after the Red Lotus tried to kidnap her. Because um, it wasn't Aang's, it wasn't Aang's wishes for her to be locked up and for them to train her. I'm pretty sure he was just like, hey, White Lotus, look after the next avatar for me, will you? And they were like, okay. And then they failed at one time. And I'm like, holy crap. All right, we she's just going to be down. here. <laughs> yeah. Which is really, man. Now I'm thinking about, like, uh, Jianju from from a Rise of Kyoshi book and how he felt like he let down Quirk. Yeah, well, uh, talk about trying to compensate for mistakes, but. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah he went a whole other direction. Story, like, yeah, he went a little crazy. <laughs> like, I let down, he felt like he let down uh, Kurok, by one thing, training a person to be the avatar who was not the avatar, and then he let down Kurok right also not being able to save him. <laughs> and he's like, you know what? Kill you. Oh wait. Oh wait. Some people might not have read Razakir. Oh well. Oh, it's, they should have. Yeah. But let's be honest. If we want everybody to read that book, who is a fan of this show, yeah. But that's not a. Okay. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. Um, but yeah, anyway, man, we're going off on tangents here. What time is four forty? Okay, that's what this episode does. Though. This is a good. It's yeah. a it leads you down uh, paths of curiosity. Let's call them. Yeah. Um. So. So he Roku gets back, learns. You know, he's a fully realized avatar now, and he comes back, and him and Sozin are still cool. Right? He's 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 the best best man at the wedding. So that's all, you know, they're still dabbing it up. They're still hugging. Um, it's all that's good. And then uh, and then Sozin explains to Roku, sets him to the side, and it's like, hey, 
we're the Fire Nation. We're enjoying this really great wealth, this really great time. We should share it with the world. And Brooke was like, nah, nah, nah. Four nations. Got to be four. <laughs> I like how you said first. He's like, nah. <laughs> no explanation. Just nah. Yeah. Um, which is, to me, this is an interesting thing, right? Because... I think Roku, as the Avatar thinks, I must keep peace and balance between the four nations. They have to be separate because you know ones can't cross over with each other. We mentioned before on this podcast that that's Roku was probably wrong, right? That's some it's outdated thinking. Also, it's not the original intent of the Avatar. When Wan became the Avatar, there wasn't four nations. Like when did it become Doc trying to as the Avatar? You must keep four nations. Uh, pretty much separately equal. You must yeah. keep peace between them all. It's almost like he was getting some bad intel from his own past lives or something like that. Yeah. No, uh, maybe just like a misinterpretation. Like in his yeah, mind, it's, it's, the best it's, 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 way it's, it's to maintain of... balance was for everybody yeah. to have their own identity. And he just... Yeah. That's, you know what, Roku? That's why you ranked a little low. This, <laughs> you, your heart was in the right place, I low. think. Little, hey, I ranked him higher than you did, but it's fine. that's true yeah but his his heart might have been in the right place but you know what when you're talking about the balance of the whole world heart in the right place ain't gonna cut it roku come on man yeah uh and the thing is is that i don't mind if we can dive into a good if the show can dive into a better reason or a more explained reason why sozin felt like we should expand our wealth to the world like, maybe he's, you know, been to the colonies and you've seen how poor they are and everything. He wants to help them. Sort of like Kuvira did, right, as a great uniter. Like, these uh, villages and stuff, like, they were getting ransacked. They were getting, they were poor. Just she a more wanted... mature motive, kind of, rather than, like, a childish, yeah. like, oh, we have good, let's share good. Or the opposite of which is, like, I'm bad guy, must conquer, eat. Like, let's get a yeah. more mature, true motive in there, yes. I think. Yeah. Which, according to uh, Lex of the Fire Nation, in it, Iroh writes that Sozin was more so jealous. The reason for the war is that Sozin was more so jealous of Avatar Roku's power and that he wanted to match that. In order to match that, you know, he built up freaking an army and take over the world. And I, I don't like that part of the writing in there because it, it skews that even more towards the evil for evil's sake type of deal. Um, even though it's like jealousy... But it feels a little see, they were going down. They're going down a better path of like, oh, I want to share my wealth with the world. Um, <clears throat> you know, that's that's a little bit more uh, mature, and I could have delved even more into that. I hope the live action series, whatever <laughs> the streaming service it's on, will probably be on Netflix. The CBS um, <laughs> series, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I hope they give a little bit more backstory and really mature reasoning. Um, complex reasoning, understandable reasoning that Sozin will start this war. And then from there, each Fire Lord kind of takes that in a different direction that wasn't his original intended idea. That spreads the wealth, at, at least between the two. At least that sounds like political facade, sort of. Yes. Uh, not a big politics guy myself, but it's closer. But let's get closer still. You can do it, Netflix series. And then we pick up in the Earth Kingdom, and Sozin has actually invaded, and Roku sees this. And then he goes and confronts Sozin. And weirdly enough, when I... This is really the... Weirdly enough, I've watched you know, this series dozens, literally dozens of, of times, maybe at least 15. And for some reason, 
I've just realized that he that Roku went to the Earth Kingdom, and then he went back to the Fire Nation and tells them, "I've seen the colonies, Ozen." I weirdly, which is the dumbest thing I I think I've ever thought about as an Avatar fan, really thought that Ozen set up shop in the Earth Kingdom, like he made like a throne <laughs> there, and that's where Roku was. Even though everything <laughs> you're telling me, that's not what happened. So I got to admit my ignorance. And that probably it's, it's like a passive like, thought. It's, it's one of those things that if you would have dedicated that like a like a full minute to just like, nah, he didn't do that. But you don't. It's like a passive. Oh, he must have. He must be there. You know, on a field trip or whatever. And that's his yeah. his secondary throne. Okay. I'd do the same the thing, thing is, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, you know, Roku says I've seen the colonies, Susan. Like it's not like. I I don't know why. I was assuming, so just wasn't putting much thought into it. And this time I put a lot of thought into it. But I do love Susan's first comment of like, um, you know, before, right? So there's kind of three, three levels of Susan's growth here. Um, he first bows to Roku when Roku's announced to be the Avatar. Uh, the second time a bowing comes up, you know, he meets him for the first time after 12 years of saying, he, he says, it's customary that my subjects bow to me for you a hug would do something like that third time he's like you are a citizen of the fire nation you need to uh, bow to me essentially you know anything you know you have to obey me anything less than that then that's treason so just really interesting character changes uh, or arcs for for roku because arcs don't always have to be a you know positive arc <laughs> you can arc bad either way yeah yeah you definitely can um and this is a really cool scene of of roku pretty much being like it's over i'm ending it and then so some fire bends at him really cool scene and roku just earth bends underneath gets somewhere else up he like air bends him and goes in avatar state and pretty much levels the whole entire palace which like is he's about to waste this guy right on the spot. Yeah. Like, imagine, like, that's embarrassing for, for Sozin, right? Like, you're supposed to the be heart... the greatest fire, maybe not literally the greatest firebender, but you are Probably. the yeah. great firebender. You're the representative. Gotta be tough getting whooped. Yeah, like, not only. Like, it's in your house. It's in your throne room, in the heart of the Fire Nation. The place you're supposed to be the safest at just got demolished, wrecked by one person. <laughs> Granted, that person is the Avatar, but still. It's, like, right, it's how, not necessarily a fair fight, but... That's how, that's how, that's how small he is, all right? Um, which, that's also kind of interesting, right? Like, we talk about, like, strength all the time and compare characters to other characters. So yeah, we like to do he the, must have been one of the greatest firebenders. That person all the time, yeah. Yeah, like Sozin must have been one of the greatest firebenders there was, right? But Roku completely handled him. <clears throat> so then, you know, we think about like say, Aang versus Azula. Azula's one of the greatest firebenders, and Azula handles Aang all the time. I won't say all the time, but that that's a good match. Korra versus, um, I can't think of. Ooh, another person, but the same with Korra as with Aang, right? Their strength compared to the strongest bender in any other element is is close. 
until they pretty much until they go into the. We're talking about much uh, younger, less traveled and educated yes. vendors. So yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna put some weight there. Yeah, but I see where you're oh, going yeah. in general. Oh, I, oh, I definitely, yeah, I definitely understand it. Oroku has 12 years to master the Avatar state. Like he's at like his um, he's at his peak professional playing days of of Avatardom. Yeah. Yeah, and granted, once Aang goes into Avatar State, and once Korra goes into Avatar State, they can both handle anybody if they're in the right state of mind. It's They're OP no matter what. Uh, just that Roku was just like, boom, boom. Like Even before he went to Avatar State, the match was pretty much already done. Yeah, he was um, showing off quite a bit before. Not showing off, but showing up. Yeah. Yeah. And so also, this is really interesting, right? Imagine being someone that's like, Hey, uh, so now we got to redesign the throne room. Uh, how do you want it? Because the throne room is way different here than it is in the show, um, in, in the in the present time. In the present time, it's really dark, really ominous. There's like fire everywhere. I feel like the Fire Lords put on an even higher kind of pedestal. It looks like fire a bad guy place, like a stereotype yeah. bad guy kind of domain. Yeah, I wonder if he like intentionally redesigned it that way of like. <laughs> I don't want any before, rocks, looked, and I don't want any water yeah. anywhere, and no air. <laughs> Get that shit out of here. Sir, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. pardon? You heard this me. place will be made of trees, just, just, <laughs> <I want> wood, <laughs> things that burn. Sir, are yeah. you okay? Trouble at home? No, I agree entirely. <laughs> the the place that we see in this episode. Looks more just like a, like a political venue, I guess. Yeah, looks Maybe far more still open, monarchical, you know. But... Yeah. Um. So yeah, so then yeah, they have the fight, and pretty much Sozin gives up from then on, uh, then on out. And then years go by. He threatens to decades. kill him. He literally oh, says, "If you yeah, do yeah, this yeah, again, yeah. I will kill you." And he looks like yes. he's about to kill him there, but that's actually my favorite yeah. part of the whole episode. He's just like, yes, "You do it again, yes. I'll kill you." It's like, have you ever been mad enough at any one human to even think about saying that? Like, to literally consider it? Much less this kid you, like, grew up with is like, I'll, I'll still kill you. Don't. I've never thought about. Don't well, cross this was me. A video I, this is a video idea that I'm eventually going to get to. I have, to. I have so many video ideas. Um, which I've mentioned this to you before. Oh, yeah. yeah I remember at that time that I mentioned this to you because I had an epiphany this day. <laughs> it was at our old job. I'm pretty sure it was when we were both had the same position. You were sitting right next to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, I've never once thought about killing a person until I became a father. Right? And then I could think to myself, if someone did something to my children, I can imagine my, I wouldn't say I would kill them, but I can imagine myself killing them. And that thought startled me. Like, cause I'm, I'm a fairly, I wouldn't say passive. No, I'm not a pacifist. I don't mind fighting people. But, but like a, I, a deliberate in, in choice and action person. Yeah. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't um, kill somebody out of like a rash emotion. Like maybe I'm sure murders happen that way, but yeah, I, I can see that entirely. But then uh, I thought like, yeah, I could. So I could now kill take somebody. that though and and remove the child and then pick like your <laughs> longest standing person that you've ever known and be like, what would that person have to do to piss me off so much and be like, I'm gonna kill you and you won't even be able to help yourself. Like you saw this fight yeah. right here. It's gonna be just like that, but twice as bad. Yeah. Oh, and he says that it's so person. good, just like it would end in your permanent demise. Like <laughs> such such great writing says something, but it says it especially in kids' shows, but they say it 
in a way that's worse than if they actually said the bad thing that they can't say on TV. Gotta flare it up a little bit for kids, yeah. yeah. Uh, I love that part. Uh, great, great part. All right. He's so embarrassed. Like, my daughter was like, how does he get down from that? <laughs> I'm like, somebody. <laughs> somebody. What we had to call in an airbender representative from the embassy down the street. It was it was bad. Exactly. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I mean, what if? Yeah, I mean, how does that? That just has to be so embarrassing for the fire lord for that to happen. We had to get some contractor benders in here, and then you know, about halfway through, there was a strike. It was a big ordeal. It's yeah. the part of the story nobody wants to hear. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, so years go by, and uh, Roku's <laughs> volcano island. Don't build a island on the. Don't build a home on a volcano I think island. We should learn this by now. <laughs> Although maybe he's <laughs> arrogant enough. He's like, I can probably bend it. Yeah, I'm the avatar. I, I got it. Um. <laughs> anyway, the island starts to explode, and and he pretty much saves it. But he's a uh, he's kind of losing a fight going up against this volcano. Which one thing at one point. <clears throat> As a viewer, you are thinking to yourself, "Okay, I think everybody's off the boats on the boats now. I think you know, go away. I don't know what there's left to saving. Cut your losses, build your house somewhere else, man. Come on." Yeah, I, I'm really dumb, dumbfounded on on that. Unless he's like, "Oh, I gotta really, really make sure everybody gets away." But it seemed like everybody was in a pretty good. Business. I don't know why, but I thought you were going like, "I got a really, really good deal on this real estate here, and I can't pass yeah. this prime. I gotta gotta build right here." That's right. I don't know why I thought you were going that direction with it. What you said sounds better. <laughs> no, I like I like the real estate deal. <laughs> um, and then so, uh, Filer sells him, helps him out, helps him. One thing that's a pretty good friend to help your your uh, your ex best friend take out a volcano that doesn't really need help being put out because everybody's pretty much safe. Unless I think they should have. I think story wise. They should have visually shown people really close. Um, that way, it that way it, it provided a little bit more stakes to that. Because, like I said, I I I don't Sense know why Roku's still battling this volcano. Unless, like when Fang shows up, unless he had an ulterior motive the whole time. <laughs> like when Fang shows up, he's like, "Fang, get away!" And I'm like, "Why don't you just hop on Fang and just hop on <laughs> Fang and just leave?" He's got that the right idea, escape. like. Got animal instincts. Come on, yeah. Uh, but Sozum helps them out, uh, and they do some interesting thing. They kind of do, they do the same move as lightning redirection, of taking the heat from something and putting it out, uh, dispersing it somewhere else. Which, like, like we've mentioned before, there's some crossover between bending here because airbenders can heat things. They can bend hot air. Um, but firebenders can like take heat away from things, and they can disperse it to other areas. They can heat up things, like not not just through fire, but just through maybe maybe firebending is literally just the act of causing molecules to move so fast, or transferring energy between molecules, and that would explain like their lightning bending or their firebending or their heat bending. Like they're just controlling the speed that molecules move at and dispersing that energy other places. That's crazy. Yeah, or maybe sure. I don't know science um, that well. That could be it too. Um, but uh, it's funny. There's a couple. 
so there's there's a scene in here where Sosen almost <laughs> almost dies, and then Roku saves him with the rock. It's funny because it's just like I want to make a meme, but I can't find the pictures for it. I'll have to take a screenshot of it for some somehow. <laughs> just like, hey, Airbender's alive. Air wait, Airbender's alive. Airbender's dead, and it'll just be. Like... <laughs> It's just going to be that Drake meme where the first one he's looking skeptical and it's going to be Sozin saving Roku. And then the next one where he's happy, it's going to be Sozin killing Roku. It's going to be that or something similar. Oh, spoiler Um, alert. Sozin lets lets him die, but it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Roku gets caught up by the guesses and Sozin has a change of heart, which is kind of weird because then it makes it seem like he did come out there with good intentions at first. Which I guess, you know, that's kind of fine because once the opportunity presents itself, you're like, oh, crap, I can I can do what I want to do. The opportunity maybe presents that, itself. Really, maybe that it, near-death, it, like, scrape sort of, like, sparked an idea. Like, wait a minute. What if I kill him now? And <laughs> he can't go to the Avatar state right now? Like, what if it's just sparked the idea? It's like, hey, this might be helpful. No. Yeah. Um, which in a way it kind of mirrors Zuko at the end of book two, which is true. Which I might just be delving too much into this, right? Because Zuko's going down a good path. Everything is good, right? And he has good intentions, freeing Appa, and then he's presented with the opportunity that he didn't think he had before. I don't know he if he has it. good intentions yet. That might be. I don't want to say the difference because we don't have enough context in this episode. Like I don't know if we really get to see Sozin's inner workings. But I don't know if Sipo had Sosan... good intentions yet. Oh. I think he had, uh, like, I don't know, like, there's still some I mean, self-serving, he was, like... He, was, he seemed to be firmly in the direction of good. He freed Appa. Let's go in the right direction, he for fought, sure. Go he right wanted direction. to have an Agni Kai with Azula, like, just <laughs> hours ago, or, like, a day ago. Um, he didn't seem, like, fully good, but seemed like he was ready to start creating his own destiny. Um He's starting to point his own. Which for Zuko, that's important. So yeah. maybe uh, there's certain actions that were taken by Zuko and Sozin that were like uh, emotionally driven in a good way, but then it's like after yes. things settled for a while and they're like, take advantage of a very specific situation. Like I, I can see people in real life having yeah. that kind of emotional swing. Yeah. Yep. Um, so then, yeah, Sozin betrays Roku. Roku dies with Fang. They uh, go out together, and uh, it is and kind of a baller do... death. Life we're being. I mean, you don't want to yeah, die, well, it's but... a, yeah, it's a great. It's a great scene. You know, um, you know, Fang wrapping himself around Sozin, and then they're both being just encompassed in the dragons are my favorite. I would thing. love to die with a, my my pet dragon. Just like <laughs> be my ideal way to go out. No. Uh, and then uh, Ro- uh, Sozin continues his story and pretty much says how he you know, used, Sozin, used the comet to, uh, he knew that the Nets avatar would be an airbender so he wiped out the air nomads um, but then he, he says like the avatar eluded me and I, and I love this line because it's, I love when in, in movies or shows when um, when they say the title of it but it's when, when it's natural <laughs> Right. So you um, just made me think of Family Guy again. <laughs> I don't know, I'm thinking of Suicide Squad when like Will Smith is like, 
So uh, we kind of we some kind of suicide squad, huh? And then the whole and theater like, was like, "What?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's the last. But like, movie. I see it's that funny because like I think it was the last movie I saw with you. I think I yeah, saw I think that so. With you. But like, in but what a movie that does it really great is The Dark Knight. Right? Like Commissioner Gordon is giving his speech. Right, he's like he's a silent guardian, a watchful protector, a dark knight, and then and the dark knight comes up. That was done beautifully. One thing I get goosebumps every time it ends. Uh, so in here, I really love it. You know, Sozin saying like, "But the last, but the Avatar eluded me. The Fire Nation's uh, greatest threat, the last Airbender." So that just that just adds like a a level of of lore and on a legend legend to it. It's really well written dialogue, and you ever, it doesn't matter if it's good or bad. I think we all get pretty jacked up when you hear hear movie or show titles in the show itself. It's always yeah. pretty exciting. Yeah. And well, I, I guess I suppose that's um, that's the oh yeah. Even kind of now, now I'm thinking of Game of Thrones because even uh, Cersei says like when you played the Game of Thrones, like I think that's the only time the term Game of Thrones is used. She came out really early with that one too. That's like season one. Yeah, that's season one. Yeah, she's talking to Ned. And you're like, oh, she brought out the guns early. And then immediately from that point on, we're all like, this bitch needs to die. (laughs) (laughs) We turned that switch on real quick. Doesn't happen for a while, but Uh, stay patient, HBO fans. Um, uh, Yeah, and that's that's pretty much the end of the episode. You get the little good piece of dialogue there. It all, the last few minutes at least, seems like a flurry to me, but... Yeah, that's the end of that story. But the biggest part of this episode for me is Zuko going back to Iroh, saying, like, I got your message. Like, you told me to learn about the history of my great-grandfather. How about the, his- the secret history of my great-grandfather? How about the history that everyone already knows? And this is the first time Iroh has spoken to Zuko since his betrayal. And Iroh says, no, Prince Zuko. You have more than one great-grandfather. So, Fire Lord Sozin was your father's grandfather. Your mother's grandfather was Avatar Roku. And, like, when I first see that, I was like, what? Like, I was floored. Like, that's holy crap. And that's the part where you like Zuko and Aang kind of like there's some spiritual and genetic, uh, yeah. well, half spiritual, yeah. half genetic linkage going on there. Yeah. Um, and this scene. Man, I should have I should have gave audio visual a little more credit because this scene is, gosh, I'm so mad at my score now because I've kind of <laughs> forgot about how great this scene is. Um, but it, it's a small. I mean, I see what you're saying, but it's it's a small part of the episode. Yeah. So in this scene, the way this scene is framed <clears throat> is that it's from the perspective of Iroh most of the time, and from his perspective, you really you get a lot of space with Iroh, and the zoom in on Zuko, but the bars are like on Zuko to where it almost looks like Zuko is the one in prison and Iroh's not. And it's so well done. And then there's a specific part where the bar comes like right in the middle of Zuko's face. So you see one half and the other half. And that's it's that time that Iroh says like, in you, you know, you have the struggle of good and evil raging war inside of you. Now this is, this is the part <laughs> where I feel like Iroh just says F Azula. Because Azula has that same thing in her. She is also the great-granddaughter of Avatar Roku. Um, 
And yeah, so but nobody think... likes her, so we're just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Which, all right, I, I like calling out. I like I like uh, bringing some characters down down a notch, right? And I feel like I've, I've done that to Iroh a couple times, right? I say he's responsible for his son's death, which he is. Um, he was probably a terrible... I won't say terrible person, but he is. He waged war on all the other nations. He was nurtured um, he was, very poorly. <laughs> yeah, granted, he was misguided, but he still did those things. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is that Iroh didn't treat Azula with as much respect as he treated uh, Zuko. Right, like when he gives them both gifts, he gives Azula a doll, which she's not into dolls. He gives Azula, uh, Zuko a knife that is like a really grand knife that's about like bravery and stuff. It's embroidered. It was from the general, um, and he just didn't. I want. I don't respect. Is not the word I'm looking for. He didn't see Azula in that light that I think he should have. And I don't know if I call it sexism, more favoritism, probably. Yeah, that I mean, he didn't. I've always been in the mindset that, like, you don't have a favorite child and grand grandparents and grandkids. Like, you don't have favorites, but, like, you still got, like, a favorite kind of thing. Like, just a little subtle. You have, you might not have favorites, but you have ones who require more of your attention. So, you, I think you my maybe family connect like with that. a little differently. Maybe, so like maybe my... Iroh, in his elevated spiritual state at that time, maybe he hadn't, he hadn't reached his peak yet, but maybe even at that time he had the foresight to think that that Zuko was going to need his help or that his his sort of destiny with Zuko was pretty intertwined or or something like that. Maybe it was very intuitive. I do, I do think his connection with Zuko after Lieutenant's death is him projecting his shortcomings with Lieutenant onto Zuko. And, you know, and I mean, that is what he's trying to do. But he doesn't project that same thing onto Azula because I mean, Azula doesn't need that help although in a way she's more and also he saw that he wasn't being loved right by anybody but um yeah oh and so my point before about azula redemption arc is that i think this could tie more into that also i mean zuko still doesn't i don't think in the comics he even knows that roku oh no zuko i'm sorry Aang and zuko haven't had a conversation yet but he hasn't disclosed to azula like hey in you azula is the same thing that's in me. Like my our grand great grandfather is Avatar Roku. Like you have in you the potential uh, to be good. Uh, so it'll be really interesting if Azula learned that information and what she would do with that information and her state of mind now. Her state of mind before she went crazy, she would have just been like, whatever. I don't. I don't care. I I I know it, you you guys have talked about it a couple times. I see you guys, you and Jamie. I don't know if I care that Azula has a good redemption arc. Like, she's such a good bad guy, and I don't, you know, whatever. She can just be a bad guy. She's got good motives, and at a certain point she goes crazy. I'm okay if she's crazy beyond repair. Not that that makes Iroh better for not trying to feed that same uh, that same lifeline, but I don't know if I care that she has a better redemption arc. She can just be bad for me. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good, too. I'm, I'm fine with that or i'm fine with the redemption art or as i say either way if they make some creative liberties yeah, that's fine too i can handle yeah. it either way i don't but, want a full one where she's on team avatar and chimming it up with everybody yes. i want her to be more like an anti-hero <laughs> there's not going to be villains in this story it's just heroes and anti-heroes that's it yeah yeah who are we fighting uh, against we don't know 
<laughs> okay. Uh, and then it goes back to Team Avatar, and they have a conversation, um, you know, about Toph says, and even after and Toph and Katara and Sakura like, even after all that, you know, Sozin betrayed him. Even after Roku so showed him mercy, and then Toph says, it's like people are just born evil. And Aang, you know, says like, well, no, that's not the case at all. You know, I don't think that's what Roku's trying to tell me. You know, you know Roku's just as much Fire Nation as Sozin was. It's really that you know everyone has the chance to, you know, to to do good to redeem themselves. And that also got me thinking about Azula. Um, and then he says, I also think it's about friendships. And I love this moment here of Toph being like uncertain. Cause one thing Toph isn't all that spiritual, and you know, she's like. But she, she seems open to it. She's like, do you think friendships can outlive past, outlive lives? Do you think friendships can, dang it, what she was like, do you think friendships can outlast a lifetime or outlive a lifetime uh, or, or yeah, something? Outlast like that. lifetimes. And then he says, I don't think, why not? And then Saga says, well, technically speaking, scientifically speaking, I just love how Katara, like they're all holding hands now, and Katara just like, Saka, just hold my hand. Saka goes sure. like, and holds, his, holds her <laughs> hand and she does this like quick smile it's a good team avatar moment it's like a shut up for just a minute yeah let's have a moment yeah. and that's the episode it feels like the last uh the last four or five minutes of the episode is where like the the whole meat of the episode uh, really, really enough, is yeah. yeah not that's good yeah. or bad in particular just one of those and yeah. back heavy episodes uh, let's get to some ratings. Excited to get to some ratings. Even if you're regretful already, you can't be regretful. <laughs> uh, you know, I am regretful of this rate. I should have gave it a nine, which would be easy. Uh, you know what? I'm changing to nine. Whatever. You're already editing things. Too late. I already um, saved the probably. Excel sheet, Chris. I'm sorry. It's in there. It's, it's been mm. saved. It's out in the ether. Okay. Um, auto visual. <laughs> I think a couple fight scenes with, uh, Roku and Sozin were really good. Um, and of course, the scene and the gel with Iroh and Zuko. Uh, I put eight and a half, but I'm I'm jumping to a nine, so you can do whatever you want. Fair enough. Fair uh, enough. <laughs> story remind me, nine. Remind me oh. later when I have the Excel sheet open again. Oh, remind me later. Okay. Uh, story gets nine. We just learned so much about our uh, Roku and Sozin, and diving into that. That was just all really interesting stuff. And then just the. The reveal at the end there, story was I think, drives a lot of internal um, conflict within Suko. Not necessarily internal, because it doesn't. You know, no one really mentions it afterwards, but I think it still puts a lot on Suko's mind. This is really the last time that Suko is um, is kind of questioning himself. I mean, he's he's shown a couple more instances, but he, I think after this, he seems a little bit more sure of what he should do. He's got like a seed planted of of There's that a seed anyone planted. can be yeah. good, and that like it's a, it's almost like you know this whole time Iroh's been telling him that he uh, that he can be good or he can choose his own destiny, but at this point it's where it like it turns from being Iroh's idea to one of those where it's like his idea now. He's seen it. He's connected yeah. with this potential. Yeah. Yep. So uh, and then on to memorable. It's a, it's a nine. I've always really loved the episode, and really the last you know, five minutes is the most memorable of it, <laughs> I think. Um, after really learning about Roku and Sozin, the 
that's not what keeps me coming back to this episode. Even though that's all great, it's really the last. Uh, just a Zuko and Iroh interaction. So that gives me up to a nine out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> not the eight point eight. Yeah, nine, nine point. Cool. Yeah, nine. I, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm gonna audio visual, and I'm actually gonna lump it with memorable together. I gave them both eights. And the main reason is that I really liked them both maybe better than I even thought. Uh, but nothing was like, like, like big enough for me, I guess. And I don't know what I, I, I always have an issue no, with these it. episodes that are back heavy and then nothing was really out, like no one or two pieces stood out. The fight scene was good enough. Um, the end scenes were decent, but even the scene where Sozin died, it was really cool, but it was just, it was really quick. Nothing was big enough or dramatic enough, but it's still good. So I gave both of those eights kind of for the same reason and the story usually i hate this type of episode <laughs> um, but this one sort of told its own really good unique story that i really like it like it stands well on its own it fits like it's in the right place here in this series it just does something that i don't think any other episode does all that well or does both things quite that well where it does stand alone as its own good individual story but still gives a lot of this um other context and stuff that usually I don't care for as much. So I really like the story. As I mentioned, eight on memorable, it gave me an 8.4, which was higher than I thought uh, until the rewatch for sure. Upon the rewatch, I was pretty impressed. Average score, 8.8, seven, seven. I don't know. Probably seven. I think you're right. Probably seven. And uh, that's, that's pretty solid on our overall list of ratings. And here's a cool scene where you got (laughs) to, somebody's gonna have to pluck him down <laughs> oh that's great and it, they, i never even thought about like getting him down so props to kenzie well, for having yeah. to call out some things that you know every kids kids see things differently so i'm glad they, for her yeah, input. they really do and they also interrupt podcasts they <laughs> no I'm, kids and wives really, man it's, that's really rude my daughter is sick uh, um, it's really yeah. rude but what it it's, yeah. it's, I'm, I'm her parent the same one yeah to their it's it's like one of those where it's sort of fair game but yeah. um i don't know how often it happens that people actually notice but my door in this room doesn't shut and it bugs my dog when he can't like see both of us so he'll come just open the door and like look in and then leave like just to open the door <laughs> and that's it so it probably sounds different at various points i always wonder if people can hear it uh anyway a great episode. Um, next week should be pretty interesting. I honestly don't even remember what the episode is, uh, but we do. Have well, next week, of... I don't. I don't know what we're doing next week. Honestly, uh, yeah, we, might... we we have next to do something different, something special. Fifth year anniversary of Avatar: Last Airbender, so we'll figure out maybe something special to do. Maybe maybe we won't review an episode next week. I'm not sure entirely. We we'll we do will something. make something unique one way or the other. It'll be good either way. <laughs> we will probably put it out on the on on saturday morning because we'll probably record it friday night which friday is the 21st which i think yes. is the day that we're looking for so it'll be like the day after and sorry about that but i want to i want to feel like i have all of friday night and no bedtime no adult bedtime <laughs> or anything to worry about uh so we can record freely so we'll do something big something fun i couldn't even tell you what the next episode anyway is i'm sure it's great whatever it is we'll tell you at that time come back and watch this is our teaser we don't yeah. know what it is come back and see what it is in the meantime 
Thank you for joining uh, wait, us. Uh, thank, oh. Yeah, thank you. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, thank no, you all you for watching. I feel like I've gotten you. a lot more. I feel like I've gotten a lot more comments lately from people saying, you know, they've watched. Some people said, keep up good work. Um, one person keeps bookmarking our Kyoshi review. So, which I, I uh, didn't. For some reason, I never thought about that. Like, oh, if I'm ever listening to something, I can bookmark exactly where I was at just by commenting the time. Um, although, <laughs> usually, I go, usually it goes right back in that video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a long video. Um, but thank you all for the comments and stuff. Uh, you know, really appreciate it. If you have any questions or anything like that, you want us to ask on a, or answer on the podcast, you know, let us know. Uh, follow us on our different places. You know, we Last. have a Twitter. Twitter, last podcasters twitter and instagram yeah yeah it's instagram and then a facebook page check that out i like seeing the comments from from like different venues like i'll go to twitter and i'll see a comment or two and i don't check it super often you know every other day or every third day and so i go and kind of look at a backlog and see a couple comments in there go to instagram see a couple go to youtube see a couple and like cumulatively it makes me feel pretty good so thanks a lot we appreciate all of your participation Someday we'll have enough of a fan base where if we plan like two weeks in advance, we'll just get like, we'll just like uh, get ridiculous questions from fans. Not serious questions like, hey, what's your, what's, you know, who would win the fight? Like not that type of questions, but like just outlandish questions and we'll answer those. I don't want any like serious. We actually have, we actually actually have a five-star review on Apple. Oh, no kidding. That's really good. Um, This sounds bad, but if, if you're going to leave reviews the way that the internet works with podcasts, really iTunes is the only place that matters yeah, a whole lot. Matters. I don't know how to say it nicely. Uh, it's not even like in this day and age, it's not that most people uh, listen to us on iTunes. It's just that the most people in general listen to iTunes. And so their their five-star ratings seem to mean a lot more. So if you want to rate us five stars or one star, whatever, know that it will have more impact if you do it through iTunes. So that'd be cool. If you're going to rate us either way, we'd love to hear why. That would also be meaningful to us. We're both pretty analytical-minded folk <laughs> at heart and by trade. So um, with that being said... Yeah, we got a, got a review Got a review from Mavs Fan for Life. This was on August 25th, 2019, so hopefully he's awesome. still listening. Uh, said, great show. That was the headline. Great show. Nice to hear some other avid adult Avatar fans. So uh, shout out to that guy. That's awesome. Uh, that's exactly what I like to hear. And like I said, if you want to rate us one star, go do it there. But tell us. Tell us why. That'd also be good. I will accept your criticism if it is actual criticism. Uh, but I have really soft skin, so don't make it not criticism. <laughs> and so, yeah, thanks a bunch. We, we sincerely appreciate it. It's very flattering to see all the input from different places. In the meantime, thank you for watching us today. Come join us next Saturday is when we'll post it. It will be for the 15th anniversary of our favorite show. Um, yeah, it's our favorite show. I don't know why I question that. We have a podcast about it. We don't have a podcast about other favorite shows. Uh, so come join us then. Chris, thanks for talking I'm to me. starting tonight. a Scrubs podcast. I would have to like actually watch Scrubs first. And Chris, yeah. I don't know if you caught this, but I got like 30 more episodes of Digimon to work through while I play Wii Sports. <laughs> very important All right, right community now. we'll do a community podcast i would do a community podcast right now i know there's complaints about a certain <laughs> season um i don't even recall which season personally but i would absolutely do a community podcast at this point <laughs> another time another time we got a lot of avatar we got cora uh live action netflix series 
and we only do one episode a week. That's like we got we got some years of content ahead <laughs> left. So oh yeah, another time. All right, thanks everybody. We appreciate it. We'll see you next week.